Happy holidays and thank you for joining Cyber Center of Excellence for Cyber Insiders. Tis the season for increased retail and travel-related cybercrime. So in this special episode, we'll talk about identity theft and ways you can protect yourself this holiday season. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Cyber Insiders. Kevin Danino, your host today, and tis the season for cybercrime and all sorts of fun as it pertains to the holidays and identity theft. And, and to that end, very excited to, to have a, a special guest today to, to really uncover and go through everything that pertains to identity theft and, and holiday uh, shopping, if you will, and, and all the things that come with identity theft and, and uh, financial cyber breaches. Happy to bring on Patrick Glennon, who is Chief Technology Officer of IDIQ, which is one of the leading identity theft and financial protection plays in the industry. Patrick, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. Appreciate it, and and you know, really excited. I know we're we're entering the the holiday shopping season. I know we've got Black Friday upon us, and the the holidays, and and really a lot of increased attention as it pertains to cybersecurity in general. Um, would love to just have you for our guest, Patrick, talk a little bit about your role and and background at IDIQ. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so I've, I've been with IDIQ coming up on three years. Um, I've got a background in financial tech technology, including, you know, organizations like JP Morgan and, and, um, and, you know, dot-com background before that. Um, my, my role at, at uh, here at IDIQ is really overseeing all the technology um, in the company from the software development and engineering around our, our benefits and, and services that we provide for identity theft and credit monitoring all the way down to our own information security and cloud operations that we we manage internally and all of our internal corporate IT. I right, appreciate appreciate that. Well, we're going to jump into some some questions. I think there's there's obviously no shortage of news on this topic, but if we if we set the stage here, the first half of this year Americans had over 560,000 cases of identity theft according to the FTC which really puts this year on record to exceed over a million identity theft complaints, which is significantly higher than any of the pre-pandemic years on record. Patrick, what are you seeing really as the, the top risks and trends that IDIQ is seeing that all our listeners should really have on their radar? Yeah, well, and obviously uh, the holiday season is kind of, um, you know, a time really unfortunately when there's a lot of Folks out there are actively looking to prey on people in a couple of different arenas, um, and, and and given the prevalence of online shopping, given the prevalence of folks who are kind of in the mood to look for for charitable organizations to support, you know these types of things tend to 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 ramp up pretty substantially this time of year. Um, that includes like you know scams where people will you know impersonate a, a charitable organization. You might get emails. You might get people coming to your door with some high pressure sales tactics on, you know, the urgency of donation. Um, you know, you might get, you know, um, a lot of sort of phishing emails and texts around, you know, hey, the packages you shipped have not, don't have enough postage. They don't have enough, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, anything designed to sort of engage you, get information out of you and, and um, whether, whether it's identity information or financial information, um, as well as like fake shopping sites and, big deal sites, you know, um, it's, it's just a time of year to really be cautious about 
not only where you're going to do your shopping and where you're, and how you're monitoring your charitable donations, but also like physically where you're sitting when you're doing those things. So, you know, um, a lot of people this time of year are shopping and, you know, online on their phones in cafes on public Wi-Fi's. There's, there's some, a lot of, you know, challenges in doing things like that. It, it's a time of year when people are really are on the lookout for financial transactions and, and, uh, and ways to exploit that for their benefit. Absolutely. I actually received one of those this morning alone on the, the shipping side, you know, okay. kind of a, a fake text that said, Hey, your postage isn't fully paid for click here to complete payment. Um, and definitely seeing more and more of that um, as well. So is it, is it safe to say, you mentioned the public Wi-Fi. is it, is it in many cases, is it as easy as just switching to a, a 4G or 5G network versus a, you know, unprotected public Wi-Fi? If you were, yeah. let's if say, physically the, located, for sure. If you have the data for that, also, obviously, you know, you know, there's a lot of low-cost VPNs out there that will help, you know, get you some protection from the current, you know, um, hotspot that you're you might be connecting to. So uh, those are those are good ways to, to avoid kind of sitting on a potentially compromised, um, you know, public Wi-Fi hotspot. Um, definitely, you know, your your phone data or um, looking for some kind of a VPN option. And those are available for your phone, for your laptop, for your iPad. There's lots of different solutions there. Agreed. Um, and I so let's get into the cybersecurity side of things and whether it's really the on an enterprise level or even on an individual level, a lot of this is kind of focused on planning and prevention and totally realize IDIQ is in this space too. So in terms of some of the recommendations that that you're putting out there, how can how can individuals really start to monitor for a lot of this nefarious activity and, and position themselves better to be protected, whether it's from a data breach or an identity theft scenario? Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we we recommend using an identity uh, monitoring service of some kind, but but it, but even in, when you're doing that, it still requires active engagement from from somebody. Right. You want to be looking at your credit report. You want to be looking at your financial accounts. You want to be trying to spot anything that looks unusual, um, either like one-time transactions or recurring transactions. Um, you want to look out for any new credit that's being opened in your name, or you know, you want to be on the lookout for anything that that appears to be taking advantage of some access into your your credit or your financial statements. Um, so you know that, that that's probably one of the number one things you can do on on an, as regular as you can get into the habit of doing that. And just making sure you understand all the charges that are going on. And if you have access to something that gives you a credit report, making sure that you understand all the line items on the credit report and that they all match things that are, you know, that are actually happening, you know, in, within your own personal financial space. That's probably the number one thing to look out for because that's that's where you're going to find out that something's happened. The the hard part in any identity theft or, or financial fraud is is when people don't know that something has happened. Um, so and um, you know, the, the credit cards and companies and the banks can be good about certain things in that space on notifying you, assuming you have a lot set up correctly and that your bank supports it. Other things like somebody taking out a new credit card in your name can be really hard to spot. Um, so, you know, having some mechanism of seeing that is really, really important. Um, also, you know, obviously this time of year, looking at the legitimacy of emails coming in is really critical, making sure that the emails coming in from, from who it says it is and, most of the email software packages out there now make it pretty easy to see who the sender is. 
and you want to make sure it's if you're seeing an email is from amazon.com and it's coming from amazon.com and not from Amazon payments or Amazon one or Amazon shipping or any of these other kinds of variations that people will put in there or, or put in a number instead of a letter or something in there or mis you know, misspelling to kind of um, trick you into thinking that they're, that you're actually being messaged by the actual vendor themselves or, or shopping site or charity organization or whoever. So that's another, you know, really kind of critical thing to be on the lookout for. Um, and, and, the other thing I would say this time of year that's really important is it's it's really critical to to be cautious about how you're paying for things. So um, where you can use credit cards. The great thing about a credit card is that it's much easier to respond um, with your financial institution if you have credit card fraud. They'll they'll you know in almost all cases they'll immediately reverse the transaction while they do the investigation to make sure it's legitimate. If you're paying for things with your debit card, it's going to be really really difficult to, to, you're not going to get that money back right away. It's going to take some time to validate it. If you can, you know, look at digital wallets, digital wallets are another great way to kind of avoid getting your credit card number out there into the public. They're great at gas stations and things like that as well, because if you're using a, you know, your, your phone or, or some other kind of digital wallet to pay for something like that, you're, you're, you're not at, as at risk of, you know, you know, skimming technology and people kind of shoulder surfing your pin codes and things like that. So that's actually, a great, that's actually a great point. And I appreciate those tips, Patrick. I, I think one of my follow-ups on that was exactly that in terms of, you know, whether it's an Apple Pay or Google Pay, yeah. if there was sort of a benefit in using that as opposed to the actual card, um, yeah. do, do a lot yeah. of the same protections apply? Um, a lot of the same, uh, all the same protections apply. And, and, and in addition, your card number is not getting out there. <laughs> so that's, that's the other kind of key benefit, you know, um, is that if you, if you are using Apple Pay or, or Google Pay and you've got that bound to a credit card, then you're you've got all the same protections of your credit card, but you're you're not you're also not handing that card number out to somebody. If you're at a gas station, you're not inserting it into something that might be a fake, you know, uh, you know, a fake credit card reader while someone's looking to see what your zip code is or your PIN code is. Um, same at you know cafes and and stores and anything that that if you can see that takes you know digital wallets a great way to avoid handing somebody information about yourself. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, the phone is kind of become everyone's wallet and, you know, there are some great biometric, you know, even the face ID scenarios that activate that car, you know, the digital wallet anyway, to further protect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, just in closing too, for our listeners, I think those are all great points. Ironically enough. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a zero trust sort of mentality but to your point, like whether it's shopping, emails, et cetera, there's oftentimes, you know, there, whether it's typos or misspellings. And I think that sender um, address is a big one. I actually received uh, an email today, the company DocuSign, where you're used to getting documents for signature, et cetera. It was it was it was Docu two sign with a, the number right. two in between. And that threw me for a loop. So I think that's a great tip oftentimes that that domain for sure can be yeah, a little I got bit one, of a, a tell. Yeah, one just the other day from from uh you know an entity purporting to be best buy saying that it was automatically re- renewing my best buy support program you know and same kind of thing you, you take a look at the email um source and you see it's not from anything related to best buy so it's you're absolutely right zero trust is the way to go like just assume from the get-go that it's not legitimate and then look deeper into it until you can get 
the comfort level. And it's always good to go if you're shopping online to go type the name into your browser. Don't don't click on click on something out of an email. Don't click on something out of a text message, especially this time of year when when people are really really ramping up the the traffic on it. I love that. That's a very practical sort of easy to use tip as well. Um, so you've got one in three Americans are, are experienced some form of identity theft. Um, and, you know, really want to kind of get a sense for your expertise on this topic. You know, when it comes to identity theft, what are the steps that individuals can take to really not only report what's going on, but in many cases, their credit can potentially be ruined. So right. how does a consumer kind of get into not only reporting, but also restoring their identity and credit? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so you know, again, you know, at, at the risk of of uh, um, hyping our own services, like um, our the industry that we're in, you know, um, most of the the reputable players in our industry are um, we have call centers who who are onshore, who are trained by the credit bureaus to um, and and certified by the credit bureaus to walk through a credit recovery process. So, if you have access to something like that, I would definitely start there in terms of. Of working with with uh, you know on a recovery process, but obviously the first thing you should do is call your financial institution, let them know what's going on, let their fraud department know what's going on. Um, de- depending on the seriousness of it, I mean, almost always you want to contact some kind of local law enforcement. If your identity has been compromised, you want to reach out to the FTC. There's an identitytheft.gov site out there. They have a, um, a a pretty nice system where they can you can input some information and they'll create a plan for you to kind of, you know, walk through the steps needed to kind of recover if you're going to do it on your own. But my recommendation would be if you, if you can, I would, I'd always start with, with, you know, um, you know, looking at an identity theft, you know, um, um, partner to, to kind of help walk you through that. But um, uh, depending on what, how bad this is, there's some other things you can do within there as well. Um, You know, the federal government mandates that, Credit freezes are free, so you can contact the bureaus themselves and say, "I want you to freeze my credit." And then what that will do is will will allow nobody to pull a credit report on you. So anybody who's out there trying to open up credit cards or get a car loan in your name, none of that will will work, and they won't be able to pull the credit. and And the and the the um, credit provider will look at that and say, you know, they won't issue a loan, they won't issue a you know a phone, even if it's if it's a phone mm-hmm. you know, a phone provider. That's it's a bit of a you know, a heavy way to solve that problem because, you know, once you freeze it, it's hard to figure out who's, you know, what the extent of the damage is and who's doing things to you, which is why when you're working with somebody like, um, you know, IDIQ or when you're under one of our brands or one of our, one of the folks in our industry will typically, you know, look at the credit card, bef- uh, look at the credit report before we freeze it to make sure we understand what the extent of the damage is and who's doing what. But um, that's, that's kind of the kind of gist of it. Law enforcement, um, your financial institution, an identity, you know, monitoring partner, if you have one, if you've given out, if you've been tricked into giving information out about your identity, like your social security number, your date of birth, some of these other things, you want to go immediately to identitytheft.gov and, and work out a plan with them. And those are kind of the, 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 the straight up ways to sort of start that process of, of kind of getting things back under control. And also sort of depends. There's some other attacks out there that are tricky. Like there's a, uh, attack called the SIM swap, where somebody can trick the phone company to, you know, make your text messages go to a different phone and use that to authorize PayPal and things like that. In those cases, you know, again, you got to go just wade through the phone company, prove who you are. It can it can take days to do that. 
so it's it's tricky to you know to to navigate through some of those things it's good to have a partner it's good to be have law enforcement involved or something that can help you kind of prove that something's happened and that you need to get some relief from that i absolutely and appreciate that i i want to i want to pivot a little bit and appreciate a lot of those practical resources for sure um there was some interesting research that came out from Stanford that that pointed to close to 90%, uh, 88% of all data breaches are caused by a human and human error. Um, and so a lot of the security folks, whether they're CISOs, CTOs, et cetera, they've all shared really that people still are our best defense when it comes to fighting cybercrime. So, so knowing that, how can employers really better empower and, and deputize their employees to become stewards of cyber hygiene? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and and um, I, I think I think both those statements are accurate. Um, you know, human error is definitely, you know, the biggest and most likely cause of a data breach. It's, you know, something, someone's going to make a mistake. Someone's going to share something they shouldn't have shared. Um, that tends to be the, the, the number one vector that people get into a, a company and get behind some of the defenses. Um, so the, how can employees better empower and, you know, and deputize their employees to, to fight against that is, is really through, through training, through education and through, um, you know, making in, internal folks aware of, of, of what types of things are, are, are going on, you know, um, and what types of things are typically going to trip up, um, you know, folks who are trying to get this information. So, you know, a lot of companies run, almost every company now runs an internal phishing, you know, uh, where they'll, send out fake emails to try to trick their employees into clicking on them and, and, um, and assign some training and, and, you know, and do some things like that. We, we have a kind of a carrot and a, um, a, and a stick approach on our, on our side for that type of thing. So when we're out there doing like security, internal security testing uh, on some of our defenses, when we, if, if, you know, we, we provide a, um, a, a sort of a reward for the, for our, our internal employees, if they do the right thing and, report the email like, hey, this looks like phishing. Based on the training we've had, this email looks like phishing. If they click on that and they report that in, um, uh, and it's one of our internal phishing, you know, attempts, uh, we'll, we, we give them some, you know, an internal, um, it's not cash, but it's sort of something that's redeemable for, you know, for company swag and internal kind of rewards and gifts and things like that. So we, we look for opportunities to you know, not just sort of hit people with a, with a stick for doing things wrong, but motivate them to do the right thing on a positive side as well. And it's it's almost exclusively education, really, for and for employing that. It, it's like you, you, we, if if folks don't know, they can't they can't help you. So you know, we send out regular emails. We sent out one recently about you know, like don't use um, external office programs. You know, you've got an internal um, set of tools and and sometimes people go out and use you know a google equivalent of an office program that's not you know part of our corporate stack um so by educating folks on that when they see that and they they can let us know we can go talk to that department and make sure we've got people on the right thing so it's it's largely just getting the awareness out there getting getting folks aware of the different layers of defense that we have in place and and why they're there and then uh you know motivating them to jump in and help us you know and we do that with shout outs. We do that with those kind of financial awards that I was mentioning earlier and with a lot of training and education. 
And I'm sure you could probably have a lot of fun with it too. If someone does, yeah. you know, kind of fall prey for it, whether it's the penalty box or what have you. I oh, mean, I think I have a small reward for our information security officer. If he catches executives on the uh, fishing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And I think, you know, that's, uh, that, that is how in many cases, cybersecurity works, you know, you find yeah. out sort of what's, what's worked, you train around it and, you know, you prevent, prevent it from happening again. So appreciate that IDIQ is doing that as a leader in the industry. And I think education plays a huge role in that. So, well, I, well, I know we're, we're running out of time, Patrick, and um, would really just like to kind of, if you were to hone in on really one last piece of advice for our listeners to better protect themselves and their families and employers for cyber crime, what would it be this during this busy holiday season if you had to offer any other practical tips for those folks out there? Um, yeah, so just um, actively distrust everything that you see. Mm-hmm. It sounds horrible, but it's like, a, it's just, it's, it's always best to assume that like, um, that what you're seeing is, is, has been crafted to trick you out of your identity and, and trick you out of financial information. So that's the number one thing and, and, and follow it up closely by look at your financial accounts, look at your credit report, you know, and, and because the, the second thing that you want to do, the first thing you want to do is try to not get caught up in something like this. The second thing you want to do is you want to find out immediately when you've been caught up in something like this, because the quicker you respond to it, the, the, the better off you're going to be financially. You, you'll have a shorter recovery time. You'll hopefully get most of your cash back and, and, and things like that. So it's so distrust everything and check your check your um, your financial accounts and your credit report as, as often as you can. Appreciate I say, that. I mean, your families too. Like, like you know, be on the lookout for, you know, we we've had uh, we've we've had some discussions. We've had some articles on our side about AI scams as well, where people will craft a, an AI voice scam, you know, pretending to be a family member to try to get them to wire money somewhere, things like that. So, so even if you get a weird message from a cousin or a you know grandchild or something like that, make sure that you you double or triple check that that's what's really going on. So just be extra extra vigilant and uh and assume that everyone's trying to trick you <laughs> think like a reporter almost you know Indeed. as well Indeed. in our world uh you know and and i completely agree with you these days zero trust would be the the way to go so very much appreciate all those tips so important during what what is definitely a busy season for for online shopping and and more so appreciate coming on the program Patrick and would love to Thanks would love to have me. you back on and chat further. Hey, that'd be fantastic. I look forward to it. All right. Well, thank you, Patrick, for sharing a lot of your helpful insights and experience. And, and thank you all to our listeners. Stay tuned for our new series launching next year in January. Um, and do check out CCOE at sdccoe.org for more resources out there. Until then, have a happy holiday and we'll see you in 2024. This is Kevin Danino signing off.